Hello, welcome to Show Me Your Mic, the podcast about podcasting, where we talk about podcasts with other podcasters, and I'm all out of podcast breath. You can find it online at goodstuff.fm slash smym, or on Twitter at smym underscore fm. I'm your host, Chris Enns, and for this episode, I have got Paul David Peterson. He's the host of the entrepreneurial podcast, Entrepreneurial Explosion, something like that. It's actually a parody podcast where he sort of debunks a bit of a myth and the the jargon that goes around with podcasts about entrepreneurial stuff and sites devoted to that. So we have a great discussion about that, as well as just the landscape of podcasts in general right now. So enjoy my conversation with Paul David Peterson. You asked for it, so I have to. I have to pull it up. Uh, I, I like to honor requests um, of listeners the, the, or guests. The temperature, yeah, the temperature here in Saskatoon. Actually, it's interesting today, this week. It's it's interesting. You should ask because it's actually twenty degrees. Feels like twenty four degrees, so it's warmer, which is unusual. <laughs> if if Paul listens to my dailyest show, and that's where I genuine usually report, report on the weather for. So and I and, and I did know the difference. I I listen to both shows, and I I know the temperatures <laughs> only on that one. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. I rarely cross the streams, but just for you. But actually, today this we have uh, forest fires way up north here, further north. I know we're I'm far north for most listeners probably, but further north than I am, many hours drive uh, up in the northern part of Saskatchewan. There's forest fires going on, raging, I guess, and so our city is blanketed in, in this smoke haze kind of thing. So it's kind of a Whoa. depressing. I'm not fighting fire, so it's not that hard for me to live, but it's just just dreary kind of feeling. It's supposed to be summer, but it's kind of dreary, and it's just it's actually like dangerous for folks who have, obviously, respiratory issues and stuff. But this is not a respiratory issue podcast either. <laughs> well, I should tell you, I should tell you it's 81 where, where I am. Oh, yeah. And, and, and sunny. Nice. 81 F in C. That's what I have to always that's do. True. What is that? 27 uh, Celsius. That's hot, yeah. Yeah. All right. So we'll just get a, this out of the way. First of all, well, you're from Entrepreneur Explosion, which is a podcast, which is also a bit of a parody podcast on the whole entrepreneurial. Uh, I say entrepreneurial douchebag podcast money making thing, <laughs> but um, whatever people find is appropriate. That may not be. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever used the word douchebag, but you're but you're heading generally in the right direction there. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, I've listened to a few of your show, your five or so episodes plus a few bonus ones or auxiliary or whatever episodes right. of the show in, and it's not the it doesn't seem to be the parody in the sense of like you're making fun of it exactly like some other podcasts sometimes do with this kind of idea, but just more a, an excuse to explore. Yeah, ask honest I, questions. It feels like maybe. Or. Yeah, I mean that the inspiration for the the show was it was and is uh, Entrepreneur on Fire. I don't know if you know the show. Yeah, it's John yeah. John Lee Dumas. So this is sort of the gold standard of these kind of entrepreneurial shows. And there are just you know you go on iTunes and there are just tons of them. I mean, you know besides John and others, you know lifestyle entrepreneur, entrepreneur architect, the suitcase entrepreneur. They're they're everywhere. <laughs> And it's the first couple of times I heard John's show, um, I thought it was a parody. I thought it was, you know, I thought he was making fun of it. And I got to say this before we go any further. Um, it's a parody, but I have utmost respect for the guy. I mean, he has identified a niche a couple of years ago. 
and he works extraordinarily hard. He puts out, you know, a show every single day, 365 days a year. And it's really an impressive business. I mean, I think he, I, I looked, he publishes his income statements uh, every month. And I think last month he brought in, I think, over half a million dollars for the month. And the expenses, you know, he's netting, you know, three, four hundred thousand dollars off of that. So it's an amazing business. My hat is really off to him. Um, so I'm not really making fun of of him as a as a businessman, but the message of the show is in a lot of ways that we can talk about, I just think is over the top. So that's when uh I launched this this podcast. Um and and if you want, I mean I don't know whether this is okay, but I figured we'd talk a little bit about this. I have uh, a clip from his show to just give you the sense of sure, yeah, the over the over top over the topness of of what <laughs> what he does, and we can talk a little bit about uh, the clip. And I've got another one by Seth Godin, which is a just a thirty second clip that touches on sort of the same themes of sort of substantively what I'm going after in the parody. So sure. is that okay? Can yeah, I play that? let's hear. It. Yeah. So this is from. Uh, Entrepreneur on fire. So you'll hear a slight edit in the middle with a whoosh sound. And he's talking to a, a guy named Bo Eason. So here's the clip. It's about a minute long. What's shaking fire nation? John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up to bring you our feature guest today. Bo Eason. Bo, are you prepared to ignite? Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, like my son, he wants, he's seven years old. He wants to play in the NBA and the NFL. And I said, okay. so instead of saying that's going to be tough, son, I go, okay, we can do it. It's going to be hard, but we can do it. The main thing that he needs to know is that, um, I always tell him this every day. I go, look, the only way out of this, the only way that's not going to happen for you, given the time we have, uh, is you're going to have to quit. You're going to have to quit. And that's the only way out of this dream that you have. Wow. So you're going to have to quit. So that's the one thing. I just want to know that the only way that I'm not coming through for myself or anyone's gonna, not going to come through for themselves, is they're going to have to stop. They're going to have to quit. That's the only way you can't have what you don't, what, you know, that's the only way you can't have your dreams is you're just going to have to stop. You're going to have to, you have to quit. So that, that's, that's clip number one. And to me, I, I heard this. I remember I was in the car when I heard it. And I almost drove off the road just because, <laughs> because the, the, the premise, the, the, the substance of that quote, and really it's the premise for John's entire show and for many of these shows, is that uh, failure and success are solely choices. That it, whether you fail or succeed is completely in your own hands. And I think in a thousand ways, I think that's wrong. And it's not to say that you shouldn't persevere and you shouldn't try hard. But what, what strikes me about it is, is to say that there's nothing systemic that affects whether or not you you succeed or you fail. And th this idea has a lot of just overlay. I, I studied economics when I was in school. And you can have, a, you know, an intelligent argument about what happens in the economy if people are thrown out of work, how much of it's due to their character flaws or their lack of stick to or their lack of imagination, and how much of it is a function of uh, the world and things that you really have no control over at all. So that's kind of where I was going with where, where I've gone with this with this show is to explore some of that. And the parody piece, the parody you'll see on the website if you go to eexplosion.net, you'll see what the tone of the parody is. And the parody has kind of evolved as the shows have gone on. And we can talk a little bit about that if you want. Um, but 
Last thought on the on the whole sort of, you know, is it a systems problem or is it a personal problem? You know, you're from Canada, a lot of farming up there. It's to say, it's the, it would be the equivalent of saying to a farmer, you know, if you have a dream of bringing in the biggest crop you've ever brought in, there are certain things you can control. You can work hard, you can put down good seed, good fertilizer, you know, uh, and, and you can tend your fields. But there are certain things you can't control, like the weather, you know, the climate, that, you know, if there's a drought, if there's a hailstorm, there are systemic things that are really beyond your reach. And it's not, and I think you can say the same thing about uh, a lot of the kinds of things that John points to on these podcasts uh, that I find are pretty much out of the equation and I'm trying to bring back in. So that's kind of a, a background. Yeah. And it's like, I like what you said earlier as far as um, you, it's, it's really hard for anybody to take anything away from these, these guys, predominantly guys, I guess, who are doing this kind of thing because they are, especially folks like him and there's others who publish, like that's become, I think, I don't know who it was, Pat Flynn or somebody who started publishing his income reports. And right. so now lots of folks kind of start doing that. And so you can't take anything away from the fact that they are making money on it, but it does feel, I think for me, what it cuts to the heart of is like, you're kind of making money off of selling someone. I don't know whether it's, if snake oil is over the top, but like, this idea that you buy this thing, you do this course, you f- whatever, and that's the missing. And I fall, I'm guilty of it too, where I fall into that. Okay, well, maybe this is that thing that is the one missing ingredient to my f- amazing success that will get me the top of it's whatever iTunes, money, fame, <laughs> whatever the thing is that you happen to be pursuing. And uh, and like you said too, with the the farmer analogy, like. I, I bristle too at the idea that the only thing missing is is just doing it more or or keeping at it keeping on keeping on will you know allow you success. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and uh, you know you mentioned the income reports and I think you know it's really a marketing tool for both of these guys for Pat Flynn and for for John Lee Dumas because the message really is no you're probably not going to make half a million dollars in a month but what you know if I can do half a million maybe you can do 10,000 a month. That would be sweet. You know, 120,000 a year isn't bad. Um, but uh, I, I think there's something kind of disingenuous. And, and and again, you know, you say you've fallen into it. So have I. You know, back in 2008, uh, my background's in journalism. Um, I worked for a pretty prominent publication for many years. I got caught in, you know, another round of layoffs. And for the first year or two that I was freelancing, I started, you know, reading, you know, the Seth Godin books and the Purple Cow and I and it's very easy to kind of get swept up in it and think, you know, I can do this. You know, this is within my grasp, you know, all it requires is vision and hard work. And the longer you spend with it, you just realize, no, wait a minute, there's just a whole piece that's not not that's missing. Mm-hmm. And uh I got another clip if it's okay. This sure. is a short, shorter one. So this is, I mentioned Seth Godin. So you probably know him, He's, yeah. you know, yeah. Purple Cow and Tribes and all this stuff. So he was actually on a CBC show. Um, you'll probably recognize the host's voice. Um, and there was this line at the end of this clip I'm going to play you. And again, wasn't in my car, but I almost fell out of my chair because I just <laughs> I couldn't believe he did it. So he's it he's basically talking about at the end about the Occupy movement. Do you remember Occupy Wall Street and so forth? So this was after the banking crisis. Uh, tons of people were doing these Occupy uh, demonstrations yeah. against big banks and and corruption and 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 really just so big economic issues. So let me just play you the clip and then we'll talk about it. So here's Seth Godin on a CBC show. 
I love the idea of everybody doing what they want, but the reality is there are a lot of jobs that just need to get done. Jobs that yeah. don't go away. Someone needs to do them, yeah. but it doesn't have to be you, does it, George? Well, who doesn't? Well, I'll worry about those people second. Right now, I'm worried about where are all the people stepping up, raising their hand, saying, I want to sing for you. I want to write for you. I want to connect for you. I want to lead this group. Right? You look at the, the, the thing that's been going on all last year with the Occupy movement. One of the interesting things about it is 24-year-olds, for no money, stood up and said, follow me. Not all of them, just a few. Well, we can replicate that. So why did I fall out of my chair? How can anyone look at the Occupy movement, which is a movement that says the system is broken, and come out of that and say, what a great showcase for entrepreneurs. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's breathtaking to me. And I've actually had email exchanges with Seth trying to, you know, trying to get him on the show and just say, look, we can agree to disagree, but, you know, respectfully, I'd like to engage you. Uh, he he won't. John Lee Dumas, actually, I'm going to have an interview up uh, probably within a week. I've done part one of two interviews with him. To his credit, he came on. He knows he's being parroting, but he'll he'll ta he'll take it on. And and Chris Brogan has come on. He's going to he did a part one that I've already posted, and he's going to do a part two in about a week or two. Um, so I give these guys credit to basically kind of step up and 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 answer the question. Seth hasn't done it yet. Still hoping he will. But again, it just it was bracing to me because i just went seriously man i mean really unbelievable so i guess the the one uh way of like sort of pushing back against what you're doing or, or um like because on the one hand you're kind of like you're using their social thing their social status or whatever in the internet world to promote your thing right and not that you're necessarily like you're having fun with it and um but what do you say i guess to sort of how at some point, you could cross over into the, the other side, you know what I mean, where you might all of a sudden have be approached by a sponsor and you'd be like, well, I did have, I have Seth Godin coming up and, and you're kind of like... Oh, absolutely. You know I mean, I mean? I, absolutely. And I, I, I'll own that. I mean, I, one of the reasons, I, the, the first guy that I approached for the show is a guy, the, my first guest was a, a guy named David Coates who teaches at Wake Forest University in North Carolina. And he wrote a piece on the Huffington Post about income inequality and how it's necessary to kind of for uh, for us to have a real conversation about this in the public square and i approached him and i said i'd like to do this interview i'm doing this parody podcast and the first episode was really an attempt to mimic john lee dumas you know question by question the the over the top and you know intro and the hyper host and all yeah. the same questions and the lightning round the whole bit and uh and david was an incredible sport to do it um and and I told him, I said, really, what I'm who I'm trying to reach is people who actually might come because they know these other guys. They know Seth Godin. They know Chris Brogan. They know John Lee Dumas and that they'll come because they know him, but they'll get an, another viewpoint. They'll get, you know, some pushback to the, you know, the bubble they may or may not be in. But I think, you know, I think I, I take these guys seriously. They've got serious ideas. I just think that there are a lot of missing pieces they they don't cover. Yeah. So. And it's, it's, uh, it's coming, it's crossed over into, uh, obviously into the podcasting world too, where the, you know, the puck and you sort of parody it a bit with some of the stuff on your site of like the podcasting masterclass and, and <laughs> sure. whatever and all that kind of stuff. And like, you haven't joined Chris, I haven't seen your name in the, <laughs> yeah, in the... Exactly. <laughs> I don't think the link is broken. I think on your site. Yeah. <laughs> but sure, it's, sure, yeah. yeah, it's like, and that, and it's just that idea of like, there's, a million, you know, tutorials for free on YouTube, but somehow this, uh, <laughs> I, hate to, 
I know there's people, <laughs> friends of mine who do this kind of thing and people I know. And so it's not disparaging per se that there are specific efforts in this, but the idea that, because some people genuinely do it, learn better. I think that's the thing. Like they learn better when it's a very, a much more structured 12 steps to publishing your podcast online or whatever versus going out and finding like a YouTube video here, a blog post over there. And it, that is handy, but when it's packaged as a, this is how you're going to have success in podcasting or, or whatever. And that kind of thing that it just grates on me as well. And I, I fight against that. I don't really, I won't really allow, I'm trying to think if I've had someone really approach me, but I don't go out of my way to have any of those kind of folks on this show for that exact, that exact reason. Cause it's just, there's enough of it out there. It's purely just like, I, yeah, I have many soapboxes I could get on, I guess, about <laughs> that kind of stuff. But no, I'm on, I mean, I'm on, I'm on a similar similar soapbox, and the uh, you know when I talk to, and again, it's it'll be in the the first inter, uh, installment of the interview with John Lee Dumas. But I asked him at the end. I said, you know, I think his tagline is, you know, create, post, monetize, or you know, it, it's a three word tagline for the for the site. Last word is monetize, and I said, how many people? Uh, who have come through Podcasters Paradise have been able to monetize their podcast, and and it, it's to me the answer was not a hundred percent clear. Really, I mean, no one's clearly making his kind of money, and I don't think anyone, you know, no one's making six figure numbers. Um, so, I, I get no problem with teaching how to podcast and uh, twelve steps and all all of that stuff. I think is great. I mean, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if I didn't have some of that stuff. It's the fact that there's necessarily a business out there waiting for you. Look what I've done, you know, and you can do it too, and I can show you how. I I, I just I I think the key to to, to to a lot of what I end up doing on my show is uh, that John's argument and Seth's argument often is argument by anecdote. Right. I mean, the whole show is 365 entrepreneurs a year saying, you know, I overcame my fears and I didn't think I was worthy, but then I stepped up and now I've had this, you know, it's the same story over and over again. And anecdotally, you just hear it day after day. You think, my God, this must be true. One of the guys I interviewed, David K. Johnston, is a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, journalist, wrote for the New York Times for many years. And I ran this by him and he said 365 People a year, entrepreneurs, is like shooting fish in a barrel when you're in a country of, you know, over 300 million people. It doesn't prove anything. Uh, you know, it's it, it sort of, it's arguing from anecdote as opposed to pulling back and saying, what's going on broadly in this economy and what are you up against? And I think that takes you to a very different place. Um, I, 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 on my about page where I basically line out, uh, outline the parody I have a great video from Robert Reich, who was the labor secretary under President Clinton, and he produced a documentary called Inequality for All. And it really is sort of more that system's view. It's sort of, you know, it's, it's him in a union hall saying, if you guys don't stick together, you know, you're screwed. You're, you're, you're not going to be able to, to get the wages that you want and you deserve because you'll be functioning as individual actors. And if you do that, you're dead in the water. I mean, that's what, you know, it's, a, it's an argument for unions. And, but again, it's a whole different approach. It's looking at the same data and saying, you can do anything you dream to if you set your mind to, to versus now something structurally has changed and you're not going to dig yourself out of it or we're not going to dig ourselves collectively out of this, but with everybody going it alone. Yeah. Yeah. And it, that, that's where I guess what your podcasts, um, the Entrepreneur Explosion podcast is a bit like a, 
almost an economic discussion podcast masqueraded as a parody of a podcast. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. You know, like a few layers of the onion or whatever. But um, and that's maybe where folks uh, list. If you're listening to this and thinking it's because uh, I when you approached me about coming on this show and pitched it, told me about your parody podcast, I was picturing or hearing, I don't know if pictured hearing or whatever, but something that was more over the top uh, and that you were going to be even more, and I actually hadn't listened to episode one, like you outlined sort of, and we'll talk about maybe how the, why the parody or how the parody has sort of evolved as the show has gone on. But right. I was picturing something a bit more like that, like the entrepreneur on fire style, but just way over the top, way more sound effects and way more <laughs> whatever. And then, uh, but it's a little more, I would say like sort of John Stewart ish kind of daily show thing where it's a serious discussion with a few butt jokes thrown in maybe or whatever. Yeah, no, yeah. I haven't done any butt jokes, yet, but you know, <laughs> your point is well taken. And in fact, you know, one of the fascinating things for me about this whole process and one of the reasons that I have done this, you know, Paul David Peterson is my stage name, you know, right. as a, yeah. it, it is uh, that it's a, it kind of evolved. I didn't wait to just kind of get the podcast all lined up, you know, do four or five sample episodes and figure it out. I've been kind of figuring it out on stage in view of anybody who wants to to listen. And what's and you talk about the evolution of the show. It's been fascinating to me because, like I I said, David Coates, who was my first guest was an incredibly good sport because he came on and he played along. His answers were all straight answers, but I was doing the old, you know, the whole what was your biggest failure and how did you overcome it? And we did a lightning round with, you know, all the questions. And I played a, you know, asked a goofy question about what if he lived on an island and all they played was Olivia Newton John songs. And, you know, it was just it was just goofy. And but he was a great sport about it. And but the problem I quickly ran into was it took so much explaining, you know, to David to say, this is what I'm doing and this is why we're doing it. Um, one of the, I think it was my third guest, uh, was Barbara Held. So Barbara is a uh, professor of psychology at Bowdoin College in Maine. And she wrote a book called uh, Stop Smiling, Start Fetching. And it was a whole sort of takedown of the power of positive thinking movement. And she was great. I mean, she was funny and she was interesting. We had a great conversation. But when I initially approached her, uh, she she said, I sent her an email. I said, this is what I'm doing. She said, yeah, I'm in. Sounds good. Next day I get an email. Oh, I looked at your site. I kind of see what's going on. No thanks, right? <laughs> she, didn't want, she didn't want any part of it. And I went, wait, wait, look, I'm, I'm making this up as I go along. What if we just do a straight q and I really want to talk to you about this stuff. And she said, well, okay, let's give it a try. And again, you know, the opening of my show is kind of bombast and over the top silly. You know, I maybe start out with a little bit of a bombast, but you're right. It quickly segues to, you know, a lighthearted conversation, but about serious stuff. I mean, we get, we get into serious stuff. And again, I'm, I've been trying to figure it out. So I know that expectation set up what you described in, in, a minute ago. Um, and I haven't quite figured out how to do it, but it, the only way it's really going to sustain itself, particularly with just you know guest acquisition, is to be able to say I'm not going to be an ass with you, you know, on the <laughs> on on the show, and I won't make you look silly. You know, the substance of this is you know this is real stuff. Yeah, and that's where you almost need a, a special episode to link to for guests or potential guests. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, this is actually gonna we're gonna wrap this in a serious, almost like I you sort of. Uh, I occasionally watch Daily Show or Colbert Report or whatever, and you almost you see guests come on who clearly their PR person hasn't prepped them for the fact <laughs> that this is a parody, right? Of the especially Colbert, like where they 
clearly are not in their element or the old daily show style interviews with people like on sites or whatever, where they do them. And the pe- person is just oblivious to the fact that this is a comedy show. Right. And, uh, and maybe their PR person just sent them a clip of some other person being interviewed and said, no, you'll be fine. Look, this is how it went or whatever. And, and right. yeah, <laughs> and wrap it in that or something. Cause yeah, I could, I could understand a, a serious person who wants to be taken seriously <laughs> listening to the first few seconds of your show and be like, whoa, no, that's not me. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, but, I'm, I'm still, I'm still kind of working it out. What's, yeah. what's been interesting is, you know, I, so I contacted, initially I contacted you on Twitter cause you would put something up and saying, you know, uh, you know, sort of a call for guests. For guests and, yeah. Yeah. So I, I saw that and jumped on as Paul David Peterson. Right. So that's, you know, sort of how, and I've approached, you know, I, Chris Brogan, I did as Paul David Peterson. I mean, he thinks I'm Paul. I think he thinks I'm Paul David Peterson. <laughs> and John Lee Dumas, again, I approached him. You're actually the exception because the other people I approached as under my real name. Um, and I've been such, you know, I'm not blowing smoke here, but I've been such a fan of your show for so long. And you're such clearly a, you know, a decent guy that I felt bad coming on the show and sort of not telling you that Paul David Peterson's my stage name and I got to be, you know, come clean with you about this. So, um, so <laughs> I'm glad you time. didn't, yeah, I'm glad you didn't blow me off and say, <laughs> no, nah, you know, bridge too far. I'm not doing that. No. Yeah. And that's uh, an interesting discussion to have too, as far as why a stage name, we're not going to get into what your real name is and stuff. And that's at, at your request, but, right. and which is understandable too. And, but, uh, um, it, it is kind of funny. I know Kyle going back to, uh, before we started recording, you're, we were asking, talking about like, how this good stuff thing is come about and who's behind it and stuff. And Kyle and I who are running it have often had behind the scenes kind of conversations of like, maybe we, we just like, cause we're having, I don't know, middling success or whatever, like, you know, slow growth success right. and which is good. And that's, you know, healthy probably and all those things. But you look around and you see someone all of a sudden just skyrocket out out of nowhere. And you're like, maybe we should be doing some of those dumb things and like, just, you know, whatever, offering a good stuff, 10, pdf course step course thing right, for right whatever right. and and when we but we're both too like like you said i say nice guy and maybe it's just naive or or um scared or whatever but um the too too uh honest in a sense which doesn't isn't to say that everybody else is lying but i just i can't tell someone if i haven't been there myself and so to say that i have success in podcasting. I don't feel like I have success yet. And so <laughs> to sell someone else something that guarantees them success in podcasting feels really disingenuous. But um, maybe if so I had the, a stage so, name. So, so, the tag, so the tagline, you know, sort of the, the, the saying, fake it till you make it is, right. not, is not your game. Right. And that's, I mean, right. there's part of that that's true for me as a just getting up in front of, or not getting up, sitting in front of this microphone and talking into it and recording my voice and hitting publish out to the world. That part I'm faking because I don't really feel like I've made it. But I, I mean, I do now. I have the confidence. But, but I certainly was faking it in the early days thinking nobody's going to listen or I'm an idiot. Why am I doing this? And I hate the sound of my voice or whatever. But but yeah, the definitely the in terms of like monetizing the that that part is where I'd have to really fake it until I made it, I guess, if I really wanted to go that route. But Well, um, I, I got to tell you, I wasn't going to mention this till the end when we talked about what I was listening to. But, you know, when I started listening to podcasts a couple of years ago, and I don't know when Show Me Your Mic debuted exactly, but I, I still remember the first time I heard you, your show. And it stood out to me largely because there is so much bombast and there is so much overselling and there is so much fake confidence and there was a 
and again, I don't think it's an act at your end because there was just an, a, a genuineness of I'm learning this and I don't know everything and I'm not going to pretend I know everything. And it was your 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 mic side manner was just so easy. I'm I'm, I'm dead serious. Yeah. I mean, and uh, and same with Dalius. You know, I, it, it's it's one of those things where I just go, wow, he just he just did that. He said that and then he published it. And there was just a there was an you know there's so much talk about authenticity about people. You know, you can't you know. And I'm I'm really it's funny for me to say this because I got this stage name that I'm playing behind. But <laughs> I, I think your 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 appeal to me as a listener was very much that I, I, I would sense that if I met you, it's the same guy that I hear on the podcast, that there wouldn't be this great divide of, Oh my God, who the hell is this? Right. You know? And, <laughs> and it, it really, it stands out in the, in the, in that world of sort of podcasts about podcasts. It's great. I, you know, so belated thanks for that. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I appreciate that. And, uh, I think if anything, my real world friends, uh, or whatever the term is we're using these days for, people not that I don't know through the but they uh meet space or something but they're always shocked uh that I talk with some random stranger for an hour uh over the internet because it's I'm very I'm much more introverted by nature and so for me it's the fact that there's a, a purpose behind it and a reason that we're having this conversation otherwise it would be awkward or, or whatever potentially and so which is a great it's a great medium for me as an introvert because I can after we we're done. I turn off Skype and I don't have to talk to you again. <laughs> right, right, absolutely. <laughs> or whatever. But I mean, we yeah. can talk again someday. But <laughs> plus, being uh, yeah, they all apologetic Canadian on top of that. But um, well, you, you know, it's um, the you talk about just sort of you have an excuse to kind of have this conversation. And I, I mentioned, you know, my background is in magazine journalism, and that was always the case. I mean, I think there are a lot of people that get drawn to journalism because it does draw you out. You got a notebook and a pen or a recorder and you just have an excuse to say, well, it's not me. It's me, the reporter that's doing this. And mm -hmm. it's a great ticket to, you know, introduce yourself to all kinds of people. You would never have an excuse to do otherwise. So yeah. you're, you're hardly alone on that score. That's, that's very common. Yeah. And that's where like, in my history, going back, like one of my first podcasts that I did, uh, not on good stuff, but before that was just a show called Welcome to the Internet, which the the premise basically was I just wanted a vehicle to chat with people I thought were interesting about whatever. And I, you know, it wasn't a good niche. It wasn't a, <laughs> or whatever. It wasn't a great way to sort of monetize anything or build an audience because it was all like just local folks and then internet people. And there wasn't a strong connecting point other than just, again, uh, an excuse kind of like what you're you know you're when you're approaching guests for a show if you didn't have that thing you just say hey can we just chat on skype for an hour they'd be like well that's odd why would i do that and but because you have a podcast you can sort of approach them and, and not feel like a, a dummy uh, absolutely 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 so why going back to all the way around here to why the stage name and and how has that sort of helped you with this or is there um privacy or um reasons no, that the Russian government doesn't want to find yeah, you <laughs> or you don't want them to find you. <laughs> no, I mean, it's a, it's a great question and there's, there's been an upside to it and a downside. So the upside, I mean, it, it came about because, so I had this idea and then I just thought, well, you know, it's not me. I'm a bit older than, you know, than Paul David Peterson in the caricature on the front page of my, on my site. Um, so I didn't feel like, I felt like it almost freed me up in a way. It's almost like going to a, a masquerade ball or something. It's just that you could, you could take on a character and play the character as opposed to trying to somehow have yourself get in the way. So 
I kind of dreamed up this profile of a guy who must be, you know, late 20s, early 30s, you know, white, single, living alone. Um, and but just, you know, too many, too many uh, double espresso, you know, coffees, just, you know, jacked up on caffeine and positive thinking. And he just believes that anything is possible, you know, but there's this crack in him. He's just sitting there going, I, I believe it about 95%, but something's bugging me about this, you know, something's just off. Yeah. And, and that's kind of what the, the, the premise was. So what did I do? I, I found a picture. I just Google searched images until I found someone who I went, yeah, kind of like that. Took the image, sent it to a you know a caricature artist I found online who was like in Malaysia or something, and uh, I said I want something like this, but uh, I don't want it to look exactly like this guy. I want it to have the same vibe, the same you know big t- you know perfectly white straight teeth and big blue eyes, and he's just pumped up. He's just so psyched to see you, and uh, she you know, so this artist came back with this, and then it just kind of slowly you know I kind of just fleshed that out. The site was really. You know, I built the site before the podcast went live, so I did the whole, you know, mastermind group and the whole. I got a store with merchandise and, um, you know, just a lot of. I have a couple of, kind of almost sandbox shows. I have a show. I, I it's not on iTunes. It's just on the site called uh, Roadside Explosion, which is Paul David Peterson. You know, on the road giving inspirational talks to. to, to to crowds and I just lay, you know, I lay in, you know, crowd noise and echo effects. So it sounds like I'm in an auditorium and I'm getting booed off the stage. You know, my, my road shows are awful. <laughs> just absolutely terrible. Um, but again, it's just kind of playing around with it. Uh, the, the Twitter account, uh, I, when I'm typing an uppercase, all uppercase, it's sort of Paul David Peterson unfiltered. When I'm typing lowercase, it's kind of just me talking to whoever I'm talking to in a straight tone. Um, but it was, an, it really, the, you know, the upside of it was it just freed me up. I wouldn't have to, you know, that feeling you, you might have sometimes on daily show, wherever you just go, you know, am I ready to do this? You know, is this, am I okay with this? And having an anonymous handle just freed me up to just go, it's not me, it's Paul. You know, Paul's saying this stuff and Paul's doing this. So it was a way to experiment. And, and so the upside was it was just kind of creatively freed me up to do stuff I probably wouldn't do otherwise. The downside has been, and this didn't really hit me immediately, was, you know, Paul David Peterson doesn't know anybody. He's just a made-up guy. He has no social network at all. So there's, you know, there's there's no real way to promote this. There's really no way, unless I'm willing to come out and say to, you know, friends of mine on Facebook, I'm doing this kind of goofy podcast about, uh, you know, the economy and all of this stuff. But I'd have, to, and I'm thinking about doing that, you know, that at some point I'm going to just have to pull down the veil and just go, yeah, it's just a character I created. And, and because otherwise I have no way to get this on the radar. That's right. really, that, that's really what the struggle is because it's, it's all about some kind of online promotion. That said, I, I have to tell you, I just discovered this yesterday um, and I don't understand it. It's beyond me, but I went on iTunes to leave a review for a friend of mine who's got another show and I, I'm on, this podcast is on New and Notable. You know, I launched it in February, but it's on New and Notable under business. And it's not, trust me, it's not because of the downloads, you know, <laughs> it's not because of the traffic and it's not because of the reviews because I don't have any. Um, so I don't get that at all. I don't understand how an algorithm looks at what I'm doing and saying, yeah, you can be on this page. It's yeah. weird. It's yeah, weird. New and Noteworthy is often uh, confusing avenue because it it does seem like it's a bit of a just a random 
smattering of shows and then occasionally a show that genuinely should be in there is in there right and like by whatever metric you're you're measuring listen downloads or just notoriety before the downloads hit or whatever or someone at itunes figures out that it's a good show and so it just gets featured or whatever there and stuff and other times just like here's five new shows that just we just approved and they may or may not be any good <laughs> right right and yeah you never really know and and uh and you see podcasters that's again like some of the faking till you make it or whatever part of it on the podcast entrepreneurial types who pump or pimp the fact that they're in new and noteworthy and you don't it's again one of those things where like we don't really know so you can't say it was because you did something amazing it's because some machine somewhere decided to feature you or yeah we don't really know <laughs> Definitely like the big featured banners at the top of the iTunes and stuff. That's all curated by hand and, and things like that. So, Right. And, uh, and it's funny, too, because, again, going back to John Lee Dumas and Entrepreneur on Fire, a lot of these mastermind groups and the way he structures his is, you know, how do you do this? How do you launch a podcast and, and get traction? So what he's done, the best I can tell, is if you pay to join this group, I'm going to assemble you know, 500 other people in this group. We're all going to talk behind a firewall about our podcast, and then we're all going to go promote each other on iTunes, you know, and that's how we're going to get, and we're all going to promote each other's shows. And it's kind of weird to me. It's like, you know, I, I put up a couple of tweets the other day saying, I can basically, you know, get you 50,000 downloads, a di you know, a week uh, in no time. Here's how, Right. Mm -hmm. Get four forty nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine of your friends to join my mastermind. <laughs> you know, pay me fifty bucks a piece. You know, we'll all pro and it's just it 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 feels like a pyramid scheme. It just feels goofy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that's the part that because um, uh, my dad is a financial advisor. He gets like people coming to him all the time who are smart, intelligent people who th it's that old adage of if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't true. And like the they still fall for like there's somebody saying uh, they've got a development somewhere in this city and if we just chip in $50,000 then right. our return is going to be this and it's just like we all as smart as we are we want that shortcut and that's that that part of it too where the sort of pyramid scheme is the thing that like there's definitely an aspect of like promoting your friends shows and letting people know that you're share like just like I would if if a friend's band was playing at a local bar or something I'd tell my friends hey go check out so and so's bar band but it's somehow different when it's like when you know that they don't necessarily like that band or or something or they don't like that podcast, but they're just promoting it because they're supposed to. And and that's yeah, you can as you as you're around the world a little longer, this say podcasting world or the entrepreneurial world or the the even worse, the mixture of the two, the entrepreneurial podcast world, <laughs> you right. you start to see those cracks where you're you can tell like someone on their show talks about not liking this type of thing but then they're promoting the exact opposite or whatever and and uh yeah that's what i that's the part i can't fake and and have struggled with in in this whole realm of, of what we're doing. yeah i i think one of the the great problems is you know and, and the truth is friendships don't scale right i mean if you can have friends and people who care about you and care about your stuff there's only so much bandwidth you know if you're married and got a couple of kids and I mean, you got you got you have some very close friends. You've got some people that are maybe you know a concentric circle away from very close friends. But you know, there's a there's some number, the name of which escapes me, that says you know 150. That's how many sort of relation you know people you could know and have some kind of interaction with. That sounds high to me, but but the ability to scale any of these things is to effectively create this kind of faux intimacy with enormous numbers of people. I mean. 
Chris Brogan, as an example, he's got, you know, 300,000 plus followers on Twitter. It's impressive. He replies to pretty much everybody who tweets at him, but it must just be crushing. I mean, I, I don't know how the guy does it. And, the, and it just can't, I, I, I don't want to, th there's something that just, I, I don't, I don't understand it, which is part of the reason I enjoy talking to him, which is, is you know, I, I don't understand where Chris Brogan, the person ends and Chris Brogan, the personal brand marketer, content marketing guy begins. It's all one thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and in your case, I don't get that sense with you. I get the sense that you do this, you've got this, you've got a job and you've got this network and you've got some kids, I think. And, but there's this life you have and then there's this thing that you do and I get it. I mean, that I kind of get, um, yeah, I don't. I don't understand most of these. Which other is maybe guys. to my detriment. I know, um, in terms of a, if I'm trying to make a living at this or whatever, it feels like authenticity should be. If I'm living authentic to who I am, it should warrant or be rewarded in some. Not like monetarily, I mean, but like that you're honest about who you are, and so people would buy into that, so to speak. Um, whereas it seems to be on the internet the opposite of where. If you're if you're over the like because I was gonna say like John Lee Dumas and Chris Brogan and a lot of these folks seem to be just doing what you do where they have a caricature of themselves that's on the podcast or on their blog but in real life they might not actually be that big bombastic kind of person right right and and you're all they're all kind of doing this parody of themselves to fit in with what is warranted and um, on a previous episode of show me your mic a while back Jordan Cooper was on he's a comedian and a podcaster. And he talked about that of like just that idea of, um, you know, we are, if you're, it's one thing to just do this for fun. And I'm probably in that fine line of like sort of doing it for fun, but hoping it gets successful. And so that's where my, um, my struggle is, I guess, in terms of not going to, I'm not going to really go anywhere until I really take it more seriously, which doesn't mean I just do it more, but like, yeah, that's a whole other discussion. But that idea of like, this is a performance. There's people who are listening who, expect me to talk a certain way just the same way they listen to another talk show host on some other tv show or, or podcast or whatever and and that as a performance they kind of expect a certain type of person that's what they that's what they want to listen to that's why they they like the kind of questions i ask and so if i go vastly different from that it'll turn off some folks but then maybe there's a whole world of folks who want the douchey over the top <laughs> triple caffeinated version of Chris that I've never experienced, but <laughs> well, I can give you the name of the, you know, the cartoon avatar person right. through mine and we'll, we'll come up with some for you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you suddenly became, you know, douchey over the top host on this show, I might, you know, I might go, what, what happened? You know, something, yeah. something's broken, but you know, it's, it's breath you know, wrap your head around this, you know, John Lee Dumas, I said, you know, seven days a week, 365 a year. He tapes seven or eight shows, seven shows, I guess, every Monday. He's just got them lined up like planes and he's the air traffic controller and he's just landing them hour after hour doing that kind of enthusiastic, you know, are you ready to ignite? And he's just pumped up for like eight hours. That's, that's inhuman. I mean, it just, it, it's not, it's, it's a, it's an, and, and I understand, you know, he'll say, you know, haters going to hate and I'm, I'm not for everybody. And I understand that. And it's, and it's not hating. It really is, you know, again, it's not really the persona as much as the message because there's a message that's embedded in it all. Um, I just don't, I don't buy it. But all mm. that to say, Chris, you know, I'm still waiting. Is there a good stuff store where I can buy my Chris N's, you know, mug? <laughs> I, I don't, I, I did, is it there? I don't see it. Well, you have to join our mastermind first. Ah, then... the mastermind. <laughs> 
Smart move, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, we ha- we have had uh, we did actually good stuff shirts a while back, and maybe it's time to do one again or whatever just for fun because it is. That's I mean, there's a part of it that's like genuine, and that's again, like I was saying, Kyle and I are probably we need someone on our team who is a little bit more uh, entrepreneur, uh, not entrepreneurial. No, I but but that marketing style uh, that's just not afraid to promote because that's there is an avenue of podcasting like and just like you're doing you're coming on my show to promote your show right you know and obviously in a, and we're having a great conversation that, that has very little to do with hey go buy my stuff or go listen to my show but um underlying some of that is what's going on obviously everybody kind of hoping to like be on some other show spread the word grow your network yeah. all that kind of stuff yeah. but um yeah yeah it's a it's a constant struggle i think for for a lot of folks and that's where they want to success without having to sell their soul to be <laughs> be someone they're not in a sense and and uh, well i got a, i got a question for you so sure. i listen to uh my podcasts on um pocket cast so i got an android phone and i run podcasts and last time i looked you know they have sort of a discover section or a network section and good stuff is on there mm-hmm. so how'd you do that i mean that's that's pretty sweet i mean they that how, how'd you how'd you land that so that's that goes back to uh, step seven of our mastermind group. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it always comes back to the mastermind. Good man, you're just, getting it. Yeah, you just got to pay fifty dollars a month, and then you can find out. No, we. Uh, I asked the the guys, the Shifty Jelly guys, are the folks behind that uh, app, uh, good Australian developers, and they, because um, originally one of our shows was transmission. I think was the first one that was featured just in their um, on their web player. I think it was. They have a a version where they highlight different shows and then show me your mic was featured as well. And so I asked the guys behind it and the lead developer, uh, Russ Russell, he said something to the effect of the, one of their developers just really loves the artwork on our shows and thought they'd be great to feature. And so whether he listens to the shows or not, I, I assume he did or does at some point, but it was the artwork that, and that's where, again, like the whole, like you got to be in the right place, right time and just happen to stumble across the right person who happens to listen which if you're not doing it day after day or week after week then you won't be in that place to do that but there's no way to guarantee that by doing it and doing it and doing it that random thing is going to happen like you alluded to earlier right with uh with the podcast so yeah for us it was just and then from there they recognized that we had because you know just like a podcast network needs podcasts a podcast player needs podcast networks theoretically i guess to feature and shows to feature and so they're just looking for good content and, and trustworthy, reliable content to feature because they don't want to have it featured and then it'd be a dud when you go through and see like no episodes have been updated in a year or whatever. And so um, so that was just, yeah, it wasn't anything we pitched to do or sought out aggressively because I've asked like the others, fl- the flip side of that is I've asked um, Marco Arment who develops Pocket or um, Overcast right. for, and he has a similar thing of featured networks and stuff like that. How do we get featured or can we get added or, hey, we're over here, nothing, you know, it's complete silence. And so there's no way to know <laughs> which, why one is the other one way and one is the other way. Marco maybe doesn't like our podcast artwork or something and so <laughs> we'll never be featured no matter what or who knows what the reason is. But, um, yeah, so that's the, the that's where I find it a uh, frustrating world to live in because it's, I like very much when things are make sense, you know, like we've talked about, follow my 12 steps and then you'll have success. But uh, unfortunately, there's lots of real world, just normal people with different opinions, different values, grudges, whatever, <laughs> that uh, 
override some of those kinds of simple things. Well, I got to tell you, you know, it's a great, I'm looking at my phone right now. So I'm looking, you know, Twit, 5x5, Revision 3, Relay FM, NPR, CNET, Radiotopia, The Nerdist, ABC, Good Stuff, ESPN. I mean, you couldn't, you, seriously, you couldn't ask for anything better than that in terms of look who we're, you know, look who we're hanging out with. Yeah, exactly. Right? Totally. That's so, great. Yeah. Which actually reminds me that we have some shows that are, are dying or have, have died and need to be removed from their, their list now. So maybe that'll help highlight some of the other shows that are actually producing more. That's good. I'll make myself a note to send them a note, but, um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's fun. I remember the first time we saw that, it was like, holy crap, somebody made a mistake because why why is our our little network ne- right next to ESPN? Because it's not even, I don't think it's alphabetical. It's kind of just random ish. So and and you've been there for a while. I mean, it, yeah. it just I was, it's been quite a while. Yeah, exactly. So we certainly noticed a huge bump in terms of downloads when it, the, an individual show was featured in there. That's, I'm trying to remember where it was. Maybe oh, It was on actually that, in Pocket Cast, in the featured podcast, when you go to add one, there's a whole list there. And of course, the big ones, WTF, et cetera, are right. there. But uh, Transmission was featured there for a while, uh, Kyle Roderick's main show. And and that certainly seemed to be a big source of, of downloads um, and, and subscribers that continued on post being featured. So yeah, and that's it was exactly that random thing where like, and I think I talked about it many episodes ago, but that there's we could have pitched them and then they would have refused us maybe because it's like, well, no, you're we're not in the business of uh, promoting stuff just because people ask us, but because they stumbled across us and just did it more organically, um, for once our humble, no marketing BS approach worked, I guess, <laughs> in our favor. So is is the main and the main upside, and I should know this, but the main upside is the advertising piece of it, right? So you'll be able to, you can go to an advertiser and say, it's just not my show. It's five, six, eight shows. And here are our numbers and we'll, we'll advertise across the whole network. Right. Yeah. From a good, uh, the network perspective. Yeah. It's, it's that idea. It's, we've, uh, that's certainly where it started. And we sort of have dialed that back in terms of just wanting to have a bit more fun with feeling like we spent a lot of time focusing on the business and the advertising and go chasing that and then not enough time and just having fun creating podcasts which resulted in i think shows that were people were either like not literally tired but just not having fun with which isn't as fun to listen to and so um right now our focus is just kind of we've been able to hook up with some uh, great hosting folks uh, over at uh, feed press and and so as far as the the uh, media files and stuff like that. And so it's, it's allowed us to just kind of dial back the business angle and just to have a bit more fun with this and see where we can grow, grow it with that. And, and yeah, like ostensibly, eventually we'd like to have, um, dollars being paid by sponsors and sure, you know, that go, go after that whole thing. But again, working in the style of what Kyle and I are comfortable with anyways, where it's a bit more organic and we, we do try things where we're, pursuing different angles on on the way we promote this and and things like that but ultimately just trying to make great shows that are consistently there and and are interesting to folks to tune into and so so last question for me and that is when you guys sit down and talk about what shows you're taking off which ones you're putting on do you have a sort of good stuff is this kind of network we do these kinds of shows and you know this show would fit this show doesn't fit certainly a little bit of that and there's uh we we definitely have uh uh, I would say it's something we talked about a lot back when we started the network. And then as people uh, like say Adam Clark and Tim Smith 
joined and then left. And that it sort of had us force us to change that and figure out, okay, now who are we? And so Kyle and I now was the remaining two are sort of figuring out, okay, what does that look like? Where do you, each of us fit in with what good stuff is and what kind of shows would we want to produce? And then, yeah, the shows we bring on. And for the most part, it's a bit of like what's interesting to us as what would I listen to? And that's sort of the gut I have to go with uh, on that. Um, and, and shows that I would bring on as a result. And, and then also wanting to work going forward, certainly wanting to work with folks who are genuinely interested in podcasts and podcast producing and want to do it well and consistently, not that they have to have a huge audience to begin with or anything like that, but just shows that are interesting, but want are genuinely interested in the podcasting medium. Cause, um, yeah. in in with, uh, like a good friend of mine, Carrie, she does, I guess we're grownups now and it's a great show where she talks about growing up and issues of, of adulthood and things like that, but it's not her primary focus as a hobby or, or whatever. And so right. shows are sort of sporadic, which is fine. That's, one of the discussions we had with her I've had with her and stuff and that's the route she's going but just in terms of good stuff wanting to sort of have something that follows a little bit more of the model that is you know this is a a network you can come to there's new stuff happening new shows to listen to and you also like our old stuff and yeah so I gotta tell you Chris this is a limited time offer but Paul David Peterson does not belong to a network yet (laughs) so he's taking he's taking offers you gotta join the mastermind and and dollars (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, well, well, you know, if you if you're interested, like you know, be in touch with our people. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have uh, once once you get to fifty thousand Twitter followers, and, uh, you've been featured in New Worthy, so you got that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that's our our criteria. And then uh, <laughs> your mastermind group has at least five members for paying fifty dollars a month. Then we can talk. So that's right. <laughs> so where can uh, in wrapping up? Obviously, the the show is e. No, eexplosion.net. Eexplosion.net, yeah. There's a newsletter you can sign up for. You can do you actually send out a newsletter? Or is that a fake? Uh, no, I, I actually I have. It's not I wouldn't say that it's regular. Like you should be uh, sending out a weekly. Don't you have like a what are they called again? Uh like a ten drip course. That's what you need, right? Is uh the the drip course. Yeah, I gotta get on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I recently tweeted, I said, you know, I if you, if you want to do a webinar, I can't help you. If you want to do a webinar on how to do webinars, I still can't help you. But if you want to do a webinar about how to do webinars about webinars, I'm your guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a niche that I think no one's touched yet. I'm yeah. all over it. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got uh, Planet Kaboom, which is your, is that the mastermind group? <laughs> yeah, and it's tiered. You know, it's like the first 50 members. I, th- I know we're capping it at like, I don't know, 100. Then the first 50, you're part of the president's circle. You know, first, and then 25, you're a member of the executive club. And then, you know, by the time you get down to the seven or, you know, 10 members, seven, there are these exclusive groups. No one knows who the other members are. It's very, it's, <laughs> it's very, very high end. Yeah. So you know, learn more about it at the website. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the, the Twitter account uh, that folks can PD, follow. It's PD Peterson one. Yeah. There you go. Uh, at Twitter and. And I got all these podcasts to tell you about, but we're out of time, I think. So. Oh, no, we can still, actually, I, I was missing my notes here. I, I, I grabbed, I just recorded the, that you listened to Show Me Your Mic and Delia. So that was all. I was oh, no, no, I got, a, I got a bunch. So <laughs> hey, yeah, I, what? Real quick. Me. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, podcasts about podcasts. I got to give hat tips to three guys who just have online and off, really. You know, Daniel J. Lewis, Dave Jackson, Ray Ortega all have their own shows, and they've been extraordinarily helpful uh, and figuring this this game out. Dan Benjamin's podcast method kind of is late to the game, but he's, you know, runs five by five, so he knows what he's talking about. 
House Sound, which is a podcast with Rob Rosenthal. Um, House Sound is uh, produced by Transom, which is a sort of a workshop that helps people learn all about how to do sort of public radio, really. So Rob's got a show that's interesting. He, you know, he, he'll play a piece and then he'll kind of dissect it and talk to the producer about how, how radio gets made. Um, and, and this show, I mean, your, your show, as I said earlier, it's, it's, uh, some of the other podcasts about podcasts have drifted away on my playlist. You have not. Um, and largely because, uh, of your, of your, as I said, as your on mic manner and, you know, and it's interesting because it's further down on my list here, but, um, the, there was a show that I used to listen to called Decode DC, which was hosted by a woman named Andrea Seabrook. So she was the congressional reporter. She was on Capitol Hill in Washington, a uh, reporter for NPR. And she wasn't doing the kind of stories she wanted to do. So she, she left to start her own podcast, Decode DC. She had a Kickstarter. She had some live events. And she tried to make a run for a while saying, I'm going outside the established, you know, legacy media to do the kind of reporting I really think needs to be done on Washington. And it was a great show, partly because you knew the meta story of the podcast, right? You knew what they were, what she was right. trying to wrestle with. And that, I, I realized after the fact, you know, that was an enormous draw to me because she, I think after a couple of years, she just got exhausted and she, uh, Decode DC was acquired by Scripps News. So it's now housed under sort of an established media or and I stopped listening. Right. <laughs> and what, what dawned on me was there's the content that you're getting in any show and there's the host that you're listening to. But there's also some sense of when I listen to you, I just kind of know you and Kyle are back there and it's good stuff. And there's just something about it that you're just kind of rooting for. You're just going, I hope these guys make a run of it, you know, and that that adds to the whole experience of watching the show, the I, I thought the same thing when Mark Marin did his, you know, interview with President Obama in the garage. Mm -hmm. It wasn't well, listening to him. It wasn't so much hearing the president. I've heard the president a thousand times. It was hearing Mark's enthusiasm about having the president of the United States at a microphone in his garage. Yeah, you know, and that that added. I mean, I, it was the first time that I sort of had really kind of put my head around the fact that that's an important element. I think as people listen to these things, as to you know, what's the frame around this thing. Or at least it is for me, you know. When, we, um, when Kyle and I announced later this week that we're being acquired by Gimlet Media, then you're going to stop. I'm gone. Okay. I'm gone. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry to I wouldn't do that. Listener, but we need the money. <laughs> well, speak, no, I mean speak, speaking. <laughs> like, Gimlet's great, you know, Alex. But 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 you know, it's funny you mentioned it because all three of their shows, Startup, Reply All, Mystery Show, they're all great. They all have great production values. He's a, a gifted storyteller, as is his whole team. Um, but again, you know, the whole startup podcast i think fed on that i think it fed on the sense of it's a it's it's meta it's meta meta you know it's a show about a show about a network and you end up rooting for you know are they, are they going to be able to make it is he going to be able to pay chris saka whoever it was that gave him the money his investors are they going to make their money back so there's that that's kind of unfolding in the background to anything that you listen to on gimlet if gimlet were acquired by you know npr brought them back you know in in house i think it would change i think not the substance of it, but it would have a different vibe to it. Mm -hmm. um, so, so they're on my list. I, I do listen to them. And um, who else? The Truth, which is a uh, part of the Radiotopia network, um, which is a sort of a dramatic radio dramas. Uh, I listen to it's quite good. Uh, what else? Slate's working. Uh, Radiotopia is ninety nine percent invisibles on my list. Um, 
I got a couple of sports podcasts. I listen to uh, Hang Up and Listen, which is a Slate podcast, and get my baseball fix from Buster Olney's Baseball Tonight. So these are kind of bigger media. Um, and then uh, one that just came on, Scott Carrier, who used to be with NPR, who now has launched a podcast called Home of the Brave, which is an interesting mix of stuff of storytelling. He went to Nepal after the the earthquake, did some reporting from there. Um, and there was one other one I wanted to mention. Um, oh, uh, I don't know if you know CBC's Wiretap with Jonathan Goldstein and Benjamin Walker's Theory of Everything. They're, I don't even know how to describe the shows, but they're it's part storytelling. It's part just kind of almost daily-ish kinds of just sort of reflections about what's going on. But, you know, mixed in with phone calls with family, it's very, uh, very interesting, entertaining stuff. Um, yeah, and that's... Oh, and, and lastly, and I, I think I did say this before, I like dailyish. I really, I, I do listen. Um, you know, they're, they're short, so they're kind of, you know, you're not making a huge time commitment, but I don't ever sort of... I'm all, More often than not, I'm just amazed that you're willing to kind of get out there and do that. Because I don't, I don't know if I would, and and just, um, and you do it as yourself, as an extension of uh, who you are and the business you run. And I, my hats off to you. I, I think it's, I think it's great. So yeah, well, thank you. And yeah, you'd mentioned that in your email, and that's definitely uh, um, flattery will get you guest appearances. That's for sure. <laughs> the network. But, I want to be in your network. Yeah, exactly. That's what, right. That's what, so. But. Yeah, no, that's an, and that's a great list of uh, a variety of different shows too. That uh, and and it's funny the the network effect of I just was looking at uh, I hadn't seen the truth, but it's on Radiotopia, and that's it's funny just because you you'd asked about how we're doing good stuff, and it's funny how some folks are doing this network thing where Radiotopia is a you know a network, but the shows seem to all have their own sites and they link out to those sites, and there's a weird kind of like back end support system I assume that and you know delivery network probably of some sort and things that are backing those shows together, hooking them all together, but then they're not actually living on the same site. And how does that all tie in and stuff? It's, it's a funny sort of hybrid world now of, of how these things are working. But, um, yeah, well, I, I think my, my, my sense is I've followed, you know, I followed Roman Mars kickstarters around, you know, the launch of Radiotopia. And I think it's, I think he's doing two things. One is clearly the advertising play, right? Is that, you know, by the network. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. And then I think it's just the sort of curation is just like, if you like these things, you know, we're vetting these shows and, uh, if, if it carries the brand, if it carries a radiotopia brand, you can expect that. That is to say, I don't listen to everything on it. I, you know, I think he has like eight or 10 shows now and I only listen to two or three of them. Um, but it's fun to watch him do it. In fact, he tweeted yesterday, uh, NPR is having big, uh, you know, union negotiations, uh, I think this week. So there was a whole hashtag, you know, we are NPR that popped up yesterday, the day before. And Roman Mars said, you know, just a word to you guys. And I don't know what's going on at NPR, but you now have the, you creators now have the ability to leave the building and make a go of it on your own. And it's, it's a fascinating drama to watch because there's clearly this centrifugal force that's spinning off a lot of their talented people who are saying, yeah, what do we need? What do we need radio for? We have another way of doing this. It's just a fascinating time. Yeah, definitely. I wonder, like, obviously the, a show like This American Life, which is probably the most well-known NPR show, at least outside of North America, or outside the U.S. Anyways, I don't know how it is in, inside the U.S., but um, definitely the one I hear about referenced the most. 
they must have some sort of special higher contract, higher level arrangement contract thing that would keep them hanging around. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting and it's, it's a great, I think uh, overall it's a great medium and going flipping all the way back to what we started talking about, how there's so many podcasts about entrepreneurial garbage and stuff out there. Um, by the same token, there's a ton of great, like many of the ones you've listed here, a ton of great shows out there for people to listen to and that they find interesting and, uh, and can, choose what they want to listen to. I don't, I don't listen to regular radio anymore. I just listen to podcasts if I've ever on a trip or in a car or whatever, biking and walking and stuff. And so it's a great, great time to be a listener. How do you, how do you get your news? How do, I, uh, I rely more on the web. I don't listen to, um, surprising. I, I don't do the Buzzfeed thing, but the Buzzfeed news app actually that just came out yeah, has been actually really good. I, um, but I'm not a, I don't, I don't, I didn't used to read the paper every morning and things like that. So I'll rely on things bubbling up to the top and a bit of that kind of thing. I mean, I, not celebrity stuff I don't care about, but like, you know, important things that are happening, but I don't really spend too much time worrying about different opinions of the news, I guess. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And so it, that part is less interesting to me. That's where I would honestly would have gotten my news for a long time through the daily show and things like that. We've since ditched cable, but, um, that's where I would get some of that stuff back in the day but uh but yeah that's yeah i mean the big the biggest the biggest piece of the npr story of national public radio here in the states is that fascinates me is the head of of the ceo of npr pretty regularly now says you know the the secret sauce the thing that's going to make us fly or not is uh great storytelling and i find that just stunning to hear from him because that's being taken over by tons of people in a lot of places. I, I don't know whether you can sell that. You you can sell the public part of it. You could sell the, you know, t- t- all together we're more than we are by ourselves. I mean, there's something, I, I'm, I'd make a case for public radio, but I don't know if you just get away with saying we tell great stories because, as you well know, they're just being told in so many places now and they're easy to get. Yeah, exactly. And, it's, uh, and it doesn't... Uh there's a bit of a sort of cherry picking attitude. I don't, I don't know if the average listener understands how to cherry pick an episode of a podcast, probably using things like Huff Duff or whatever, but there is a, like I can just send someone, my dad, a link to a particular episode of a NPR show or a Gimlet media show. He might listen to it, but he'll never, he won't subscribe, but he'll just right. listen to that one off thing. And so it's very easy these days to take sort of like music back when iTunes came out where you could just buy one track instead of having to buy the whole album. We can just pick and choose our, stories that we like listening to and uh yeah okay well thanks uh thanks paul for i almost called you john lee dumas for <laughs> yeah thanks for that <laughs> that's that's when you know your parody is working really well that's right if absolutely I'm confusing you for but thanks for coming on the show and uh definitely what's the next episode that's coming out or when when can folks expect the new yeah new ep- I've, I've recorded uh actually my first uh first part of two you know at the end uh, with john lee dumas um, so he uh, agreed to come on. He, you have to book him about four months in advance. But he came on, and uh, I asked him. You know, I didn't really pull any punches, and um, I don't. I don't know if he really fully understood kind of what what was coming at him. But um, um, it, it was great that he agreed to a part two because I'm sure you've had this experience too. You interview someone, and particularly he had a hard stop after 25 minutes. There was so much I wanted to get to. So there's going to be a part two in November, but part one's coming uh, within the week. Um, so I should have that up. So nice. Yeah, that's a great eye. way to do it of, of having a part one, part two. So you, because like, you're going back to interview him again, right? Is what you mean? 
Yeah. yeah. And I, I just feared like, you know, I, I, I tweeted him afterwards and you up for a part two so much we didn't get to cover. And I just figured he'd say, yeah, thanks, but no, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with you. But he was yeah. great. You know, I, hats off to him. Nice. So, okay, cool. All right, man. Thank you so much for doing this. It was great fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And uh, thanks to all you folks for listening. If, uh, if you'd like to be on a future episode of Show Me Your Mic, you definitely can. Uh, I hate to word, use the word apply, but you can use the little form goodstuff.appointlet.com and uh, come on the show and generally my the only sort of qualifications are a few episodes out there of an actual show that's that's in the can or out out in the world and uh, I guess not in the can it's out in the world and uh, and uh, you've or you've done a bunch of shows and you're wanting to just talk podcasting or whatever we'll, we'll figure something out and if you'd like to support me and my podcasting efforts a little more directly you can do so at patreon.com slash ichris full details there we can give a uh, couple bucks a month to supporting myself and what we're doing here at goodstuff.fm you can follow me on twitter i chris on twitter where i tweet about mostly things that are not podcast related uh good stuff fm is where you can find more information about all the things all the great shows here at good stuff and show me your mic has its own twitter account smym underscore fm that's smym underscore fm that you can follow for uh, news about the show tweets about podcast related stuff retweets and things like that the podcasting news and you can also email me chris at goodstuff.fm if you have thoughts questions concerns about the show and or want to be on the show and the goodstuff.appointlet.com scheduler thingy is not working in your scheduling world let me know and we'll chat and discuss and figure something out thanks for listening have a great day bye